joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Libby. And I'm Gwen. You know, ladies, we the last time we had a podcast last Monday, we probably overextended our time a little bit. But, you know, it's a podcast, so we have a little leeway. And a lot of times we... We just haven't said everything we want to say. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't want to return I don't want to return to that to that subject matter. Mm. I think listeners yeah. can go back and listen to that podcast. But it does bring out something I think Circle of Friends has talked about for years mm. and, and is and is very important. And that is the subject of accountability. Because I believe that we don't if we don't have a good handle on what that is, it's worthless. Okay? Mm. Yeah. If 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 it's not a safe place to be accountable. Uh, it's not going to work. It's going to do damage. If well, and I'm going to throw a reference in. Safe People by Cloud and Townsend. If you don't know if you're safe, if you don't know if somebody else is safe, pull that book, find it, get it, buy it. It is straightforward, black and white. This is what safe looks like. This is what unsafe looks like. That is so good. It I've never so heard of it. Good. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and the other thing is, I have said this before, I'll say it again, <laughs> for years when I hear the word accountability, it just kind of catches in my throat. I love accountability, but I also realize it is only as good as people are honest. Mm. And we are liars, and we are good at it. Mm. We are good at yeah. skewing the story, skewing the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Being the heroes, telling whatever you want, yeah, way. yeah, telling it like, mm -hmm. telling it, spin, yeah. telling it like we want spin. it to be, like instead that. of as it is. And you know what? I, I'm only saying this because I know how easy it is to do that. To, and we talked about this last week, the um, art of justification. Mm. Uh, you know, none of us wants to come across looking like anything other than having it all together. Mm. And so with accountability, you know, have you ever seen the list of questions mm -hmm. that can be asked and all yeah. of that? Nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. But it kind of reminds me of when you take a survey or, or when you're, um, yeah, you're taking a survey or doing an evaluation or whatever. And it's like, well, I wonder if I'm checking the right boxes. And that is the danger of accountability without accountability for accountability. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think you just got something, got to something with the checking boxes because I think accountability can, can be from a perspective of legalism, um, which is very, you know, how are your actions piling up and are you being good enough? Um, or accountability can come from a place of authenticity and honesty and truth um, and being transparent. Um, and so with one, um, a leader in the accountability might be acting like they've got it all together. So they're not sharing their struggles. They're not being honest about those kinds of things. Um, they're kind of just questioning and answering and trying to guide. And that kind of leads to this idea that they've got it all together and they know exactly what all you need to be doing, A, B, and C, in order to have it all together and to be a good Christian girl or woman or whatever, man. You know, versus coming at it from, listen, you're struggling with something because I'm struggling with something. We're all struggling with something. It's, are we able to walk in victory with our something? Mm, that's good. And are you walking in victory with your something? And if yeah. not, how do we get there? 
What does it look like to walk mm. in victory? Walk by the spirit, not by that flesh, not measuring how good our flesh looks today, but recognizing that it's all about connecting to Christ and being in his word and building that intimate relationship with him. Um, that's a different focus entirely. The coming to the Lord with one, the full truth that we are complete and utter sinners, completely dead in our transgressions and sins, apart from Christ, hopeless to make ourselves good enough for heaven. Um, and knowing that because of what he's done, he first loved us. That's the only way we love him. And so because of what he's done, because of what he's demonstrated on the cross, because he's appeased God's wrath for sin, I have full access to heaven, to a relationship with God where I call him Abba Father, where I have, you know, I ha- I'm an heir um, to spiritual blessings in, in, like, in crazy places that, you know, I have a God who, who sent his Holy Spirit to indwell me. So I have instant, constant access to the Father through, through that Holy Spirit mm. and through the Son. It, you know, just, but do, does you, do you feel the difference, I think? Oh, well, I do. And I think as I'm listening to you, my mind is taken back to John chapter 15, Mm, where Jesus talks about abiding in him. And honestly, ladies, I'm wondering if part of the issue with accountability or false accountability is that we are still too concerned about our reputation, Mm -hmm. We're still too proud to talk about those some things. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is we talk about it too much. Mm -hmm. We live in it. That's Mm -hmm. all we do. And and even that is a false sense of accountability. That is pride. That is saying, well, do I really want to overcome this? Or if I do, then who am I? (laughs) You know, it's like our identity gets wrapped up in our some things. And so either we ignore them, we don't talk about them, or we live in that. And that's all we talk about. So I really think so much of it comes back to abiding in Christ. And abiding there until we understand who we are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even what our something is. When, When we don't have a good grasp of who we are, in Christ, in that relationship with the Father um, and with the Son. When we don't have that, okay, and we sin, we are, we look at ourselves the way Satan has asked us, or demands that we look at ourselves. We are messed up, we're screwed up, we're hopeless, we're stuck, we're always going to do this, we, you know, there's no point, you're just scum, awful. We beat ourselves to a bloody pulp because that's the character and consistency of who he is. He is a father of lies. Um, So he is not going to affirm anything from scripture in those moments. Or if he does, he's going to twist it and use it to distract us and lead us astray. Maybe into arrogance, maybe into self-righteousness, maybe in other ways. But it is going to eventually tear us down because he is all about destruction. And if he can take down a believer, it's a check on his list. Mm, So, you know, we have to realize he is at war with us. Mm-hmm. He's at war. Yeah. He wants to destroy us. It's not like he's sitting neutral 
Oh, he's not neutral, right. folks. He, no, is, he is. He's on the anything prowl. he can do. He's, he's a studier yeah. of mankind. He's spent thousands of years doing it. He knows how we work better than we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. he knows exactly what's going to mess you up because you're not unique. You're a sinner. Well, and here's the thing. As you're talking, Gwen, all of a sudden I'm thinking back to the fall of man. Yeah. Okay, let's go back <laughs> before that when we were created as image bearers of God. Yeah. Perfect, holy, with everything we needed. No sin, no sin. So then, who comes into the picture? The enemy. He brings that sin. When you talked about how Satan wants us to believe the picture he tells us Mm -hmm. of ourselves, well, he's the one that put that on us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He gave us that identity, and Christ came to redeem us from that identity and and to instill in us the original image-bearer identity of God. Yes. And I would go so far as to say he's the one that introduced that first doubt. Oh, yes. About what God said. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's the author of that first doubt. That's right. The, and that pattern has become all the way through. Yeah. It's, it's destroying believers now. It it's is. the biggest thing that is destroying faith now is, one, we're not in the Word, so we have nothing to fight back when Satan's whispering all of those doubts in our brain. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here's the interesting thing, though. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to say this very well. It's coming out well in the thoughts <laughs> in my head. <laughs> it's great here. But, yeah, it's great up there. But uh, Satan is the master deceiver. Yes. So what he distorts is likely going to be so close to the truth. That just if you're like not a, in the words, yes. you can't yes. pick it up. Just yes. like a decoy mm-hmm. duck yep. for duck hunters, uh, you know, they they have to know what the decoy is and what the real one is. Uh, but here's the thing. It is so close to the truth that we have to, yes, we have to be in the word. We have to know what the counterfeit bill is. No, we have to know what the real thing, the real word is like. Yep. So we recognize the counterfeit. Right. We have to know what a real duck is Looks really like, yeah. all about so that we recognize the decoy. Yeah. We have to know what a real dollar bill is all about so we recognize the counterfeit. So, yes, it comes back to the word of God. And why wouldn't Satan do that as his number one tool against us, his target. Why wouldn't he use the twisting of the word of God? Mm, Absolutely. Why wouldn't he? He did it with Jesus. Yes, yes. He did it all over the place with Jesus. And and even when Jesus said, it is written, when he was in the wilderness, was Mm -hmm. tempted by Satan, even after Jesus said that twice, I think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Satan said, but it is also written. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came back with more. It is written. So Satan will use the word of God yes, against the word of God. You know, that brings something to mind that I want to kind of throw in here. Um, I'm going to actually take us to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. It says, but we have much to say about this, but it is harder to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, Though at this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, 
being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, this is talking about being able to read and understand the Word of God um, and having consistent time in it. Um, And so, like, I'm going to read 14 over, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You know, this is, I'm throwing in here that unless you're in the Word and the Word is in you and you've put the time and effort into studying it's difficult to discern sometimes because the enemy's tricky mm-hmm. and, and right and purposely so, you know, so no wonder. I mean, if we've got 75% of the church is self-constructing their own theology, according to Barnum's research, and two fifths of the church claim that they are never reading God's word. Um, and another fifth say, well, I'm only in here maybe once a month. Okay. That's three-fifths of the church. That's over half. You know, if you're doing and you're putting those two things together, where are they getting their theology? Mm -hmm. Well, they're getting it from TikTok. They're getting it from worship music that has been written by people that maybe aren't as solid in their understanding and study of Scripture. Um, They're getting it from all over the place. Maybe pastors that they're not able to discern whether their interpretation of a passage is legitimate to the context or not. Here's the thing. Bottom line, God's word cannot mean something for us today that it did not mean in its original context to its original audience. You can't put whatever meaning on scripture that you want it to have. You can't use it as a proof text for whatever belief you're trying to justify Mm -hmm. or create. You cannot do that. When we make the word of God, um, True, match the authority that Jesus Christ himself, while on the earth, gave scripture. When we look at scripture that way, we don't look at a passage and say, huh, oh, this must be talking about this concept. Oh, I can see in here where that's okay. We don't do that. We look at it, and even if it says something we don't like, we sit there and we go, oh, Lord, I don't like that your word says this. This is a little hard for me to take right here. Lord, I need you to change my heart so that you and I are on the same page with this thing. Yeah, and it's okay, too, to say, I don't get this. I don't understand this. Or this doesn't match my life. I don't get this promise. I don't get it. This is a mystery to me. Uh, But to be open to then whatever God wants to do in you through the word that you don't even understand. You know, earlier we were talking about doubts and how Satan was the originator of that. And yet God, in his good, good fatherly demeanor, the fullness of who he is, is okay with our doubts. Mm -hmm. He just wants us to cast them on him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us to explore our doubts for the purpose of proving or disproving him. And those doubts need to be brought into obedience to Christ and his word. Yes. Mm. Those doubts may need to be brought captive because sometimes when we let those doubts run, they will take us away from God and from scripture. Exactly. You know, so so many times I see God's word taken out of context. Mm -hmm. I mean, wonderful verses and maybe even kind of a, 
okay application, maybe, but but just taking a verse or a portion of a verse or hearing what somebody says about you have to Genesis to Revelation the whole picture mm. all of it you have to take it all in in account and i it's it's interesting because Ned and i've ha- just had a recent discussion we um, we lo- we love our pastor's preaching but I, I told him on sunday i said one of the things i really 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 appreciate is they drill down into a verse which is awesome but they don't just drill down into the verse they telescope back yeah. and they they open up the rest of the scriptures yes and and, and it makes sense yes. that's the way god wrote it right yep um, and he put in there everything we need if we pick and choose it's a little bit like making uh, ourselves our own god yeah deciding what we need what we need or <laughs> Or maybe eating at a buffet table and we're going to eat, oh, I'm going to have a donut at, and I'm going to eat the, uh, the cake and I'm going to, and thinking that's going to be nutritious for our body. It's mm. not. It's not. You you can't pick and choose from God's word. And I love the way you put it, Gwen, because I see this too, where people have an idea of what they think. Somebody has said something, they agree with that, and then they run to find a verse that kind of backs that up. And that verse is like, yeah, it doesn't even mean that. You're mm-hmm. like, you want to beat your head against the wall sometimes. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not perfect in understanding the Word of God. That's why we all need to be in it often. Yeah. yeah. And again, and again, and again. Yes. That we're always learning, we're always growing. And if we seek Him, He has promised that we He will be found by us. Well, where are we going to find Him? <laughs> I mean, I've heard people say, too, about... Well, it's not, it's not about the Bible. Don't get all involved in the Bible. It's, it's God. It's, it's God. Well, mm-hmm. how do you know who God is? Right. Where, right. Where are you getting your idea of who God is? Yep. If you're not That's getting right. it from his word, which he gave us to tell us who he is, yes. how do you know? You're going by experience or yep. what this pastor said or what that teacher said or what this guy said. And you know what? Again, I say this all the time, but I be- all of us can get to heaven and find out that we were 99.9% wrong about things we were like really solid on thought we knew whatever Mm -hmm. it's an arrogance in us it's a pridefulness and especially if you've been in the word even a little bit you take what you you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah. and and i will say when you use the word experience yeah (laughs) this goes back again to how close satan can come to the truth Mm -hmm. he's a mimicker He's a deceiver. Yeah. Yes. I do not want to discount or refute people's experiences with the Lord or whatever. But will I, what I will encourage them with is how does that line up with, with the word of God, yeah. with scripture? Because God will never go against his word. No, he won't. No. And here's the thing. If someone has an experience that really is is kind of neutral, like it's not supported or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, what's the other word I want? Refuted. Rejected yeah. by or whatever by the word. Then that's your experience. Don't make it, don't make it the objective truth of God. Yeah. Does does that make sense? Yes. Like yes, you can have experiences that you can't necessarily find in the Word of God. They need to line up with the premises of the word, but don't make your experience the way it needs to be for everybody. Yeah. That is a completely subjective thing. And another, I, I love, Missy, what you said about your pastor just digging into one verse and telescoping back, taking the full counsel oh, of God's the word, word of God. 
And I turned to um, a passage in Matthew from the Sermon on the Mount and the part about being salt and light. And I have notes written in the margin. And I remember exactly where I was when I wrote these. I was at another church with a pastor that I wasn't familiar with. Um, and I always like to really have my radar up and out. I mean, always, but especially if I'm in a place where I'm not familiar with it. And that's not to bring judgment. That's to be discerning. And protective. Yes, especially if I have loved ones that are going to that church. You better believe it. I'm going to have my radar out. So uh, this pastor is making some really good points, really good points. And I wrote it all down, and I'm like, yes, but it was very much about social activism. Mm. And I thought, okay. I can see that in this. I can see that. And then I wrote out all of these really positive ways to be as a person. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote, uh, good thought, but not really the point here. (laughs) (laughs) And and Mm. basically... In, and, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but as I said, this is Matthew 5, starting in verse 13, where Jesus is talking about being the salt and the light. And then in verse 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I wrote in capital letters, this is the main point here. But that was not brought up in that message at all. These are the tricks of the enemy. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't bring that point up, then you're not saved. I'm just saying we need the full counsel of the word of God. And when we take... And discernment. Yes. And when we take a verse like that or a passage like that out of its context, yes. it's called proof texting. That's yes. what it's called yes. because we take a passage and we make it do what we want it to do. Yeah. And so you take like social activism, okay, and we've taken a passage and we've pulled out how it can support social activism. Our agenda. Instead of going, okay, well, what is going on in this passage in this okay this is Jesus's ministry what's happened before what happens after what are the other things that are discussed here we have salt and light do we have any other analogies mm-hmm. what's the whole point these follow the beatitudes how would the beatitudes infect or the blessed yeah all of the blessed or the yes. poor blessed you know how would that impact salt and light illustration. Right. And that's telescoping back. Right. (laughs) And that's allowing scripture to speak what it was intended to speak in the context, in the Sermon on the Mount, where it was put, to the audience on the hills listening around, in the place in Jesus's ministry that he was at, with the point that he was making in that moment. Yeah. And this, and, and these words of Jesus do not hit me in my heart in the same way and manner it did to the people who live there. Because right. quite frankly, I, I have no idea of, of, of rocks with salt veins in them and needing right. to preserve right. food. And all, I mean, yes. all these things in yep. context are important. Yep. So if I, if I take it and put it in my world, you know, it's, it's he's talking about a salt shaker on a, on a 
dining room table or something. Right, but which is not what this not was. This was yeah. a literal rock that would have had salt veins exactly. in it that you would have put in kind of a, a, con- a cloth of some sort, and you'd have dipped it in your soup until your soup got as salty as you needed, and then you pulled it out, yeah. and it would dry. And, you know, but there would come a point when that rock did not have any more salt in it. Right. And then, and that, then you would throw it out, and it would become gravel that you walk on. Right. It, it's no longer useful because it doesn't right. have the salt in it anymore. If you don't have that context, this could, yeah, it could go a whole lot of, yeah. A whole lot of sideways. Whole, oh, yeah, a whole <laughs> lot of sideways. And and maybe, okay, your you're social activism, that's not saying it's, that's wrong, but that's not what this passage is talking about. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah. And, and just to be aware because, yeah. Just to be aware of the full context even of someone's message mm-hmm. or what you're hearing in the conversation. Yeah. Are they taking scripture out of context in a way that they're saying, now I know this is not how it was used historically, but I know what it's saying here. I can glean this from right. it. And, and, and practical here's why application. I'm connecting it here. Right. Yes, it, practical it's, application. It still yes. lines up with the right. biblical principle being taught yes. in this verse. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But a lot of times, what I've noticed anymore is that a lot of preachers are moving to a style that is not expository. And, and you're talking about something expository. I'm sorry, I'm putting the big word on it. Um, but expository is when you start in a passage and you go verse by verse all the way through with a careful study to the book as a whole, where it sits in the context of scripture as a whole, where you're at in the chapter, in the verse, in the mm-hmm. the passage, and you work your way through being faithful to study and to ensuring that you are as consistent with context and its intention, intended meaning in origin mm-hmm. as you can. And you're preaching out of it. So you're preaching verse by verse through a passage. And when you get to awkward passages, you preach your way through awkward. That's yeah. right. You yeah, don't avoid right. anything. You don't, you don't, avoid don't hit anything. or miss or skip. Right. You, you teach your way all the way through. Um, and so that's called expository. The other style is more of you pick a verse from here and you pick a verse from here and you pick a verse from here and you've built a concept and then you're giving your points and you've got a verse to support them. I'm even seeing churches that don't even bother with the verses anymore. Yeah, you know they're they're using general concepts of God to support their points, but basically it's it's kind of like a counseling speech or talk, you know. And so you're getting points on how to relate to people or how to do forgiveness or how to do life or, you know, how to do whatever. And there's very little word content of care of quality. Right, right. And in a discussion, in a conversation. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But when you are feeding a flock, feeding a flock, and it needs to be on the word, even if it is, even if it's taking one verse, as you said, Missy, and really digging into it. Sometimes, man, oh man, that is what my heart longs for. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm in a church that that uh, teaches uh, with the expository perspective and just thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it enjoy it and i know it's what i need i need i feel like i walk away with a steak 
Yeah. Not a milkshake. Well, yeah, there you go. And, and, and then I go get a milkshake. Anyway. <laughs> and that, that builds the foundation of your knowledge of yes. the Word of God, yes. of your understanding of the Word of God, of all of those things. If and your defense of yeah, the Word of God. Otherwise, it's hit and miss. So. And the other thing, yes. too, is that my focus is not on what Pastor so-and-so said, but on what the yes. passage said. yes that he talked about. Yeah. yeah. Does that, and there's a big difference in that, you know, am I directing people to my words and what I've said, or am I directing them to the word of God and what God says? Yeah. You know, I, I've seen all these things where they're memeing the, their pastor with these different quotes and things. And it's a pet peeve of mine. If they give the pastor credit for the word of God, Something God I said know. in his word. Oh, I'm sorry, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and we've said it, we've said it here before and we'll we'll always say it as far as opening the word. Yeah. You know, not taking our word for it. Right. And I've sat under pastors, teachers who have said that. Don't take my word for yep. it. I want you to be driven to the word of God, to yes. be compelled to go there. So you know what, ladies, what an appropriate end mm. to our time <laughs> together today. We will say it again. Don't take our word for it. Open the word. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.